0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at that's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: We understand that that's a big task,
0: and we're, uh, we're excited about the opportunity. We're banged up, but uh, we're going to try to heal up to as best as we can to put our best foot forward uh, uh, down there at Pittsburgh.
2: Welcome back in. Welcome back in to the Orange Zone podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. If you're listening, thanks for tuning in. We are your spot for all things Syracuse Athletics. And right now, we are locked in on Syracuse football, baby. I'm Tommy Sladak. We have James Munro in the house. We have Samantha Cross in the house. We have producer Brendan Hodges on the producer. Mike running the things Behind the scenes on today's show, we're getting we're getting into a Syracuse and Pittsburgh preview happening this Saturday. We have a recap of the Notre Dame game, some injury news, big injury news involving the Garrett's of the team. We also have a maybe a little talker of Syracuse hoops at the end. And of course, we have Nico Tamurian, longtime Sports director at CMY Central, now out in Seattle. He joins the show at the end for a few minutes just to talk all things Syracuse and what is a still a very bright time for this program. So open it up to the crew here. How's everyone feeling? What's, what's the vibe? It is a 6-2 and two team, two-game losing streak, but what, what are, what's everyone thinking having had a few days to digest that Notre Dame loss?
3: What you got, Mongrove?
1: Oh, well, you know, uh, that l- the loss was uh, unfortunately. Uh, but there was things that uh, Syracuse was able to take away and learn from. Uh, there's some things they got better at, you know, penalty situation. They, they got better in that situation. They had only three penalties. So they, they got. there's some things that it all wasn't bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though we got the loss, we should have won the game. Uh, you know, the quarterback goes down with the injury. Um, you know, a lot of things didn't go our way, but the guys fall hard and they continue to fight throughout the whole game and I was proud of that.
3: Yeah, listen, proud of the fight as always. Definitely after a couple of days being able to digest it, I think that Notre Dame hurt more than Clemson for me, just because there were some, you know, big mistakes that it felt like maybe shouldn't have happened, but can't expect 100 percent all the time, and I'm ready to move forward and look ahead to a new week.
2: Yeah, brand new week and and hitting the road again for this SU team. Only one more home game, which is which is honestly a little bit sad because it, it's it been is. such a yes, fun yes, season, yes. so fun. But you know, at, at, at the same time, it's time for them to to go on the road and get some Ws in the ACC column and. They're taking on the Pitt Panthers this weekend. And Pitt's an interesting team, as has this whole ACC been uh, just the way it's shaken up from, I think, a lot of people's expectations in week one. You know, Pitt came into the regular season, or preseason, I should say, as AP number 17. You know, they go down to the wire with West Virginia to kick off the college football season. Great game. They then go to overtime with Tennessee. And the Vols are now number two in the country. But since then, it's been not hot for this team. And, and, and clearly not the expectations people had for Pat and Arduzzi's squad, a 4-4 four four team that went over Virginia Tech. But they've just been, they've been suffering recently. And, and they've, there's some things that they clearly need to work on. There's some things that Syracuse is looking to address. And, uh, you know, coming right off the paper, guys, is they have this running back in Israel, Abandekanda, a band of excuse me. I was practicing all morning. A band of candidates. Very, very fun. I mean, could you imagine being a play-by-play person <laughs> saying that? Uh, this guy's been a menace here. 183 carries, 1,087 yards, or 86 yards, 5.9 a carry, and 16 touchdowns. So, clearly, we got the one-two punch of the two best running backs <laughs> in the league. Yeah. And this Syracuse defense, they had the ball run on him.
1: Yeah, they're going uh, to have the work cut out for them today because uh, – uh, Pittsburgh is uh, a team that's going to grind it out,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they've seen other two teams have success doing that um, against Syracuse. So I, I imagine um, – well, I know, I'm not imagining. Uh, it's going to be very, very simple. They're going to run the ball.
3: They're going to run the ball. I mean, the fact that this running back, Dino Baber, is calling him Izzy. That's <coughs> his mm-hmm. nickname. You know, he, he's had Pitt's last ten touchdowns in a row. That's crazy. This is the guy that you have to look out for. And, you know, listen, coming off of a two-game losing streak, I think that you get a little bit worried. We saw the way that Notre Dame was able to run the ball on them pretty successfully. I didn't think that it was the mob's best performance of the year. But the team seems in good spirits, and I got the chance to speak with Marlo Wax today, um, the SU linebacker, just about this upcoming matchup against Pitt. And he says the team remains in positive spirits despite the two-game losing streak.
1: We just can't lose ourselves. It's really just gotta go back to what we was doing before those two losses right there. Just remember that we're still us, and we still can do amazing things. Season's nowhere near where we at. We still could in this thing really special ahead this season be a really special season.
2: He said it four games left and I think one of the biggest uh biggest storylines, I mean the the two biggest storylines revolve around the Garrett's and quarterback Garrett Trader. Um, dealing with some sort of injury that that had him go to the sideline in the second half, and then you have Garrett Williams going out with that um, ACL. Yes, and I think we got to start with with uh, G Williams, man, because this is a guy that is has been at the top of the board for in terms of NFL prospects at that cornerback position. Just a a pivotal piece to this defense, and to see him get hurt in that NC State game. You know, could tell he was just not there for the Clemson game, sits out and then comes back in and have this be a season ender. The third on defense, third guy that started this mm. season on that defensive 11 and three of them are now done for the year. Um, just your, your, your thoughts on the impact of this in and in, in for a team that that's been forced to move forward with it and, and rely on this depth.
1: It, it's uh, it's going to be a loss, obviously. It's a, a big loss of losing him with ACL injury. And, you know, if he's listening, uh, you know, wish the best for you. Mm-hmm. Listen to your doctors. Let's get back healthy, you know. And, uh, you know, he, he still has a career. I mean, he still has a career. And um, just because this happened, you know, a little damper on it. He'll go through some depression and all that good stuff. But, you know, I think the team will surround him, keep him positive, keep his spirits up team is winning still too so he'll be on the sidelines with the team but it's gonna be a tough a tough uh, move for him and it'll be tough for the team as well but a lot of guys have been stepping up when people's been going down throughout the whole season so um the guys are still hungry there's people that want to play out there so um the next man up
3: Mm -hmm. next man up mentality that's what everyone has been talking about and I've been really impressed with the way that the SU defense has always been able to recover despite it does feel like just a lot of injuries a lot of things not going SU's way and Garrett Williams I mean I just really like that dude everyone on the team Mm -hmm. you know just a nice guy this is a guy who has been considered an NFL prospect since before last season you know he's had earned all ACC honors um, the past two years he's just He's a really pivotal part of this team, I think, as a leader as well. This yes. is someone who they're really looking up to. But, again, he can keep that leadership on the sidelines, and I think that there's a lot that he can do even if he's not playing on the field.
1: Exactly, helping out the, the guy in front of him, you know, helping out, coaching up, and stuff like that. So I would imagine he'll still be, you know, be around the team and everything and uh, continue to help players develop and, you know, and for himself to continue to develop in football.
3: Well, right. I mean, the team is sad to see him go, and they know he can make an impact on the sideline, which is the important part. Spoke to Caleb Okachukwu about him today, and he said that there's someone who's up next in this lineup.
1: It's a part of the game we play, right? You know, it's a business next man up. So, you know, I got a lot of faith in Zay. You know, uh, we love Garrett, though. You know, we wish he could still be here with us, but Zay's a great athlete as well. And, you know, obviously, if you watch the Clemson game, he had a lot of great plays, so he'll be ready.
3: And of course, he's talking about senior defensive back Isaiah Johnson. And what have you guys seen from him so far?
2: I mean, the fact that you have a guy like Garrett go out of the game, you're the other team. You're immediately thinking, we got to target that side. We got a, we have a, an all conference guy over there. And guess what? You you hear of Johnson, but at the same time, there's periods where. You're not really hearing anything from them, and that to me is probably a pretty darn good thing, <laughs> because when they have tested them, things haven't gone their way, and it's not yeah. someone that has been coming in your mind. So Isaiah Johnson, yeah, Dartmouth Dartmouth transfer, and clearly has come in and, and made an immediate impact. impact yes, and someone that's going to step up in that role. So you'll have Deuce Chestnut still back there. You will have Isaiah Johnson, and we talk about that depth again. You know, Johnson's had plenty of reps this year because of these guys getting banged up. Um, you know, Jahad Carter's been incredible. You know, three turn over three you know two two interceptions and a fumble recovery for a touchdown against clemson that we got number one there and uh and then in terms of the the guys stepping up in in that place because when one guy goes up the rest of them inch up with him. And one of them is Jeremiah Wilson, who's a true freshman. Um, he, he did enough to catch my eye multiple times that I couldn't stop showing his highlights and one-on-ones at training camp. And again, y- you think about these dudes and they're learning behind Deuce, they're learning behind Garrett. Mm-hmm. And you can only imagine that, you know, Williams on the sidelines going to be in there in their ears.
1: And you know, you know something thinking back, uh, back when I played, um, we had a lot of guys that were once uh, at the NFL and projected, you know, high first round picks and stuff like that. And, it made us younger guys more hungrier, and we followed by their example. And that's the reason why, you know, in the early, um, the late uh, '90s, uh, Syracuse was so good because every year we had people producing going to the NFL, and we had, you know, for a good six, seven, eight years like that. And it was great. And I think now, you know, unfortunately, in Syracuse, I don't think I don't draft the last year. You know, now this year is the year they're really producing, and you know, getting, getting, uh, having backups and. Uh, People, it's a lot more competitive out there for them,
2: and it makes an impact. It does when, in in, in terms of recruiting, yes. when you're able to show that that pipeline that's getting into the next level. Because for most of the, these guys, at the end of the day, that's that's the goal is to keep making football their their career and in, in, in the playing aspect. Um, and as for, for for Garrett Schrader, the other the other Garrett that is a, a big story this week. Schrader comes into that game. He's playing in the first half. Uh, first play from scrimmage, not great, folks. <laughs> Pick six. Not his best. It was uh, it, w- Sam and I talked about it. I don't even think my mind fully registered that the game had started. You know, one of those like noon games where all of a sudden it was it was seven nothing in seven seconds. True. That,
3: that woke you up. It, I, w- I was like, did. I wanted to like check to make sure my camera was on and rolling. Mm-hmm. I like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> you know, quick start and and again, it did. It kind of shifted. You know, just the way that that game felt moving forward. I'm not saying at that point there was still, without a doubt, you know, chance to recover, and, and SU did pretty quickly, you know, tie that game up. But it just – it left a bad taste in your mouth to start that game off.
1: I, you know, honestly, when that when it happened so quickly, uh, it really didn't bother me that much. I had been in that position before. Super Bowl, kickoff, Devin Hester ran it right back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you I know, you said, that, he said yeah. seven seconds. I think – it. Was, I mean, Devin Hester, Devin Hester was fast. and um, But I said, okay, we spot him seven points. Defense came out there, um, you know, fought, got us right, right back in, then offense came out, and we scored. So, I mean, it, technically it really didn't hurt that much. It's just, you know, a little damper. But, a, again, um, you cannot make those type of mistakes, especially in the first play of the game.
2: And they responded right away because he goes down the field. He, he goes a little bit of an audible from what I could tell when he went like this. They were marching down the field. He sees – Oh, Arade Gadsden's one-on-one, there's not a safety deep back there in the end zone. Guess what? I'm going to throw it over there to him because it has worked quite literally 100% of the time when he gets one-on-one with someone. So great work by Garrett there seeing that. Um, but in terms of what, what's, what's the most, uh, as we're looking forward, as we're looking ahead here, there we go, couldn't even get my words <laughs> out, the most immediate thing we're thinking about is who's going to be playing this yes. Saturday. Is it going to be Garrett Schrader who after that first half where five for 14 and outside that first drive, the man was not looking like himself throws were not on target. He didn't have the run capabilities. He only rushed. He only ran it or tried to run it twice, mm-hmm. which as we know, and as we were now, I'm, I'm sure it, as it's soaking in realizing the impact of him not having that ability clearly or not comfortable enough to do it. So Schrader ends up, you know, getting talked to by Dino Baber saying he wasn't doing enough to protect himself. Again, he went elaborate on that. He puts in Carlos Del Rio Wilson. Transfer from Florida. First real chance that SU fans got to see this guy moving. And he had some true moments. And as for this weekend, again, you were at Dino's presser on Monday. Uh, he gave nothing in terms of that, did he?
3: He kept it pretty close to the vest. I mean, after the game, we learned as many people had sort of predicted or thought that this was an injury that happened prior to the game beginning. So this was an injury, I think, that Garrett Schrader went into the game with. We were going to sort of see how things went. He was clear to play, but as Coach Dino Baber said, he's always going to protect his guys. And by the end of that first half, he could just tell something wasn't right. And even if some other people thought, no, he's okay to play, he said against an opponent like Notre Dame, I wasn't willing to take that chance. But it was asked on Monday, all right, well, who is the starter? What is going to be the rep split between Schrader and Del Rio Wilson this week? And he said, that is just too much information for me to give out to the opponent right now. All of those things are being considered, but it's going to happen behind closed doors. So we really do not know who is starting in this pit football game.
1: I mean, I I think honestly, uh, I think Del Rio is going to start. I mean, that's what I think. That's uh, my gut too. um, Schrader's banged up right now. Uh, He wasn't uh, mobile at all in the pocket at all. Um, so, therefore, I mean, and when he came in the game, um, when Rio came in the game, he lit it up. I felt like, you know, it totally, the dome got louder. Um, it, it was exciting to see him out there play. I mean, he made some, you know, made a couple of mistakes, but again, uh, they were down by points. They were down. You know, it was a terrible position to put a quarterback in, mm-hmm. but he came out and did his thing. I thought he kept his composure out there, and um, uh, I'm looking to see him as a starter pry uh, this week.
3: And you know what? I liked his swagger. I really felt like when you said he lit the dome up, I really felt like he went in there with a certain level of confidence. And it didn't seem like, you know, even though it was his first start here, it did not – it just didn't didn't seem like he really was phased by that. It seemed like he had prepared all throughout practice. He was ready for his opportunity. And mind you, that's not an easy position to be in, a backup in any position where you have to come in cold off the bench, not to mention they were down – and I thought he did a good job. You know, Coach Babers had said that, you know, he made some mistakes. I remember at one point he said, I know you guys like for me to give you ratings. So initially I would give him a round of C. I would hope that he would do better the next time and make less mistakes. But I would really like to see him get another opportunity because his style of play compared to straighters is really quite different.
1: A, a lot different, I think. And uh, like, like you said, his style of play is a lot different. And um He's going to be something special here. He's going to be something very special. And let's rewind really quick. I just thought about this, too, when we were talking about injuries. Yeah. Athletes here, students are first. Mm-hmm. Students, student-athletes. So that's very important to get a degree, you know, because sure. you never know. Like you said, people go on down. And I would imagine these gentlemen are getting a degree here, getting, uh, getting a degree and on track, of getting their degrees. Um, but that's, that's a very important thing because, God forbid, um, they can't play the game again. They may have some type of difficulty in the surgery. It's you know, it, it's it's terrible, but things like that happen. So that's why you prepare by getting a degree. So
2: and walking away from a degree from a great school too.
1: You're exactly that, right. That helps as well, <laughs> that's right? And
2: and you're absolutely right there, James. And uh, and
3: yeah, I'm happy you bring up the safety component of it. It really
1: is, yeah, because you you never know. And I've seen I've seen it at college level, the next level. Uh, kids come in and you know take the helmet off, and that's the last time they had that helmet on. You know, it's the most saddest thing I've seen it. And, uh, you know, it's it's sad, but you have your degree, so therefore you have a backup plan. Prepare for anything. Exactly.
3: Yeah. All and, right.
2: And Del Rio Wilson, I mean, he went 11 for 22, 190 yards, touchdown and an interception. Um, you know, those numbers, again, the the 11, 20, 11 for 22 doesn't really speak to me. Again, you you have a backup coming in there. I, I'm sure he got some first-team reps in practice. That That was my gut just by the way, like you mentioned how – you know, a, a guy can can only prepare so much, but he he did seem very much like, yeah, I was expecting this to maybe happen today. So he seemed locked in immediately.
1: Yeah, like you said, I think he was Schrader was banged up. You know, uh, after the NC State game, and uh, <clears throat> they just you know got to make a change. Yeah. And I thought it was appropriate. The coach made that change during that time, and um, you know, uh, looking forward, I, I can't wait to see the guy play. I mean, he really. Uh, He lit it up and, you know. He threw his missiles? Yeah, he he did. He (sighs) threw some missiles. So I I would imagine he got some pretty good reps last week in practice. And I would imagine this week he's probably taken, you know, probably 75% of the reps this week.
3: And let's not forget, you know, that touchdown that he did have, it came at an impactful time. I mean, there was a moment there, and we discussed this post game where. They were down by one touchdown, and you thought this really could go a different way until he threw the interception. And yeah. at some point, you know, things just got out of hand. The block punt was not helping yeah. anything, and so then rapid. things really went downhill rapidly. It felt. And you
1: know, I was worried about the block punt. That gentleman blocked two punts before previously, so uh, you I, th- I, th- I think we mentioned that a lot yeah. last time we talked, and it happened. You know, so you got to play your, you, know, you got to play four quarters, and Syracuse didn't do that. But uh, I would imagine, you know, playing Pitt. It's going to be tough down there because Pitt always plays Syracuse very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pitt's going to grind it out. They're going to grind it out. And, you know, the defense, uh, you know, the offense needs to have more possession. So the defense is not out there as much. Uh, give them some help. But um, we got to score some points. And we got to f- figure, out, figure out a way to get the ball to the receivers and uh, get Tucker loose out there.
2: Four quarters, get points, and finish strong. That was one of the biggest things that when I was listening to the players talk, that they're like, we were doing that really well in the beginning of the season. Seems like they've drifted away from it a little bit.
3: But you know what, Syracuse isn't the only team that's drifted away from that. Because I was looking through, you know, Pitt. Some of their statistics, and in the last four games, they've been outscored in the fourth quarter, sixty-one to twenty-eight. Oof! In the last two games, they've been outscored in the fourth quarter, thirty-eight to zero. So this is a team that's also struggling to have a full, complete game. It'll be interesting to see Syracuse going up against another team that's having those kinds of struggles. What kind of game we have here? A lot of unknowns with who's started and what's <laughs> going to mm. happen. But Pitt has been struggling in the fourth quarter. They've been struggling to play a complete game as well.
2: Yeah. And with Del Rio Wilson, I mean, you talk about an offense that with Strader out there has been, uh, you know, so, so reliant and, and heavy on that run pass option. And clearly this past game. You didn't really have the option with Schrader, yes, and to have Del Rio Wilson in there, we saw some moments of it. He can boogie; he's got some legs. And so, when you have a quarterback in there again that that is ready to run, it it creates um it creates some interesting game planning for that for that pit defense because again you have Sean Tucker and it just it just feels like we're. We're just wanting him to burst this this bubble right now and, and and to bang that open and have one of his almost signature games that I think we haven't seen in a few weeks and why not this weekend
1: and you know another thing too we're th- what, three and one in the conference mm-hmm. and this is a conference game um you know six six and two that's great re- record uh there's there's no need to panic right now um there's no need to panic after the Pittsburgh game, but you know obviously we got to turn things around very quickly. Um, you want to be playing your best ball at the end of the season, <laughs> and, yeah. And that you know, and you know, we got five games total left. Four. Four? Four. Only four. Sad. Okay, four, four counting pit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: four counting pit. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you guys keep relying on me you for some a little, math. You at this a point, confused we established there for a I'm not good
1: at
3: that. So let's, <laughs> Tommy's uh, not good at so, math. Yeah, you know, don't ask, those, don't questions. ask so, those questions. So
1: they're they're in a great position, you know. what I mean, and they're still in control of their destiny. So you know, they just got to really. Um, uh, put it, put things together this week. Stay focused. Work as a team. Um, you know, you know. When you heard coaches uh, talk earlier, it, it kind of seemed like he's a little down. You know, obviously down, yeah. but they're still hungry, and the kids know this is a very special season. So therefore, uh, I would imagine things would be turned around pretty quickly.
3: And honestly, to me, as you said, no need to panic. But this game. Really does feel pivotal to me because, again, yeah. we're getting to the end of the season, and I've always felt this has just been a thing with me and the number three. Like, even you're in a game, you know, for me, I'm a lacrosse player, that's the background I come from. Down by two goals towards the end of the game, that's not too bad, <laughs> but you're down by three, and all of a sudden, I'm like, this could really get out yeah. of hand all of a sudden. You know, I think if you, I, but I really do, I think if you get that win, all right, we have that win now, have a win under our belt, we can kind of keep on moving forward. And it was just, a, there's a big difference between a two game losing streak and a three game losing streak.
1: Yeah right
2: and overcoming just the the situation they're in right now where you have some key names that might not be in there and to show that they can still get that win with these new changes it just keeps that confidence up i like to think you yep. forward
0: the spirit of
2: performance is what defines acura and now it's electric introducing the
4: zdx acura's most powerful suv yet crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple imsa championships
2: the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own.
4: Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
2: So, let's get to some predictions. We'll do some trivia, and then we'll have Nico Tamari, and we'll be talking to him here at the end of the show. So, prediction time. Who wants to start us off? I got it. Pitt, Syracuse, 3.30 this Pitt, Saturday. Pitt, Syracuse, 3.30.
3: Yeah, yeah, televised on ACC let's Network. Go, this is what I'm thinking. I, I I'm gonna go with my Q's again. I'm gonna go with with this Q's team, and I'm gonna go twenty eight to twenty one. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot up in the air about who's going to be starting. But I think right now I'd put my money on either one of those quarterbacks. I think that everyone knows what's at stake here, and even though it's an away game, I I just feel that. This is going to be the game where they turn things around. It's it's sometimes I can look at the paper and the numbers and tell you one thing that's sticking out to me, but today it's just more of a gut feeling. I just feel in my bones like this is the week where things are going to go differently.
2: Yeah. And I, I forgot to get to it right before you said that, Sam, but the producer Brendan has some statistics on uh, we have to we have to talk about our projections from last week. We have to own it <laughs> and on and, and we have to own it cuz we, we got it got okay. it wrong. All right. Got All it right. wrong. Hit us with hit us with it, Brendan. What where, where where are we standing here, the four of us?
3: Well,
0: we all lost last week. Yep, yep that, that, that is a given. established. Um, yeah, Tommy, you went thirty three twenty SU. Sam mm-hmm. went thirty five twenty eight SU. I went twenty three seventeen. I was right on SU score there. I, I was very wrong on how Notre Dame was going to play in that game. And, and then the <laughs> man who doesn't like giving scores. Um, for whatever reason, I, I don't know why. He just doesn't like doing it, James. Uh, he went 28 14. Um, and it's sad that he had the confidence to bring a trivia question last week, but doesn't like giving scores. I just got to say.
1: I just like to win. I mean, the when bottom line is just win the game. I don't care what
0: yeah. the That is where you and me are the same. That's just win game. That is where you and me are the same. We love to win.
3: Mungro comes from a win is a win kind a of background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. it's all so right, twenty-eight
2: to twenty-one turns it around for you.
3: Twenty-eight to twenty-one, and they turn it around, and then we'll we'll see what happens for the next three games after that. But this feels like a winnable game. Not to mention Pitt; they're in sort of a hole right now. So mm-hmm. it seems like if there's any game to really kind of look at the statistics and look at the things that have been going on on the field and say, "Hey, this is a good opportunity." It's this game.
1: I, I you know, I'm gonna piggyback with you, uh Twenty-eight, twenty-one. <laughs> Mongrel, really? I, that's what comes in my head, that's what comes in my head. All I can't right. change
3: it. You, you know what?
2: say this the over/under. I think is right around fifty. So that
1: is interesting.
3: mongrel has got my yeah. back. So, like, so, we're gonna so, win yeah. and lose together. Clearly you know that. So, that? Clearly. So, I mean, uh, All right, right let's do it, Mongrel. I mean, uh, be on so, my
1: team. So, so, so I thought about this too as well. Yeah. Special teams gonna be big. I think. Mm-hmm. Syracuse is vulnerable now. You've seen the pump block. They're gonna come after. Pittsburgh's gonna have some wrinkle in the special teams. I see something weird going to special teams. Okay. Some, some type of fake punt. Okay. I'm just calling. That's just a little side, a little extra. That's all. <laughs> I like that. I'm <laughs> still 21, 20- <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-one fourteen, right? That's what we said. No, I, I said 28,
3: 21. Yeah. So what's it going to be? 28,
1: 20. I mean, uh, 28,
3: 21. All right. run you it with me. Yes. All right. Twenty
1: twenty-one. Brendan, let's hear, let's hear
2: yours, man. What do you got?
0: Oh, so soon. Uh, yeah. Thank you, thank yeah. you for thank I, you for including. You don't in deserve here. to
2: go last all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I do think special teams will play a big role in this. I also think that Servassier uh, Dennis will as well for Pitt. I think he's going to spy whoever's at quarterback all game, and I think Pitt's running game is too much for a Q's defense that hasn't proven they can stop the run. I'm taking Pitt thirty twenty-seven.
2: Prediction for me. Here we go. Thought long and hard about this on my drive back from Philly today. Okay, because I was curious about it because Syracuse is in an, an interesting situation with having a new quarterback in there, possibly that's going to be star. We we shall see. I I think we. I just feel like we're going like like James said. I feel like it it just feels like a, a Carlos Del Rio Wilson game based on how this past week went. Um, and I think he does bring a lot of positives. I I'm I'm obsessed with his throws downfield. I think he throws absolute bullets. We saw one to, you know, we saw one to to Marcus Adams, we saw one to um Damian Alford. The guy's got a cannon. He brings something different, he brings a different spice. Garrett Schrader has his own spice. But Del Wilson's someone I feel like that isn't that green. He just feels like a guy in college football that's a veteran quarterback. And I think they go and have some big-time plays in this one, some big-time drives that really help make this a fun game. Can Syracuse stop the run game? I think after what happened in that Notre Dame game, what happened in Clemson – it just feels like Tony White's gonna clean that up. You know, obviously, if it's if it's something that we've caught on, he's obviously seeing it tenfold. I do see this defense cleaning up a little bit. I love the way Isaiah Johnson plays, and again, I just feel like it's a it's a moment, it's a day for Sean Tucker and for this to be a big old running back ACC battle, and I'm taking Syracuse in a close one. This one's not going to be an easy one that you're just feeling good at the end of the first quarter saying we got this. I hope that's the case. But to me, this one feels a little bit more like four quarters and I'm going 24 to 21 Pitt. I haven't seen their their offense be supercharged in this one. Syracuse, I think is going to have their moments, but again, I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be a frisky game. And I think it's going to be a ground and pound type game. So Syracuse 24 pit 21. There we go.
1: You know, one thing, um, i was thinking about too is the time of possession oh time of possession that's big. we need to hold on to the ball more and have you know have more time right now we're getting crushed other teams just hold on to the ball and run the ball you know run the clock down on us so we need to hold the ball more and that means third down conversions uh
2: and third down stops. yes yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh we were three i think we had three uh Conversion last week on third down. And that's, you, you know, you can't, it's hard to win games that way. It, it's just, it's impossible really to win a game that way. And that's where we have to really improve on third down.
2: And to do the three and outs over and over again, which we've seen some some clumps of them yes. together. Mm-hmm. End of the day, it doesn't matter how hot your defense is. Again, Syracuse is still one of the best defense statistically in the yes. nation, still the top of the ACC. But it doesn't matter who it is. That's going to be a tired, tired defense when you're doing it over and over again. So, key to the game right there. Trivia time! I'd say let's hit it, Brendan. What do you got?
0: All right, lads. Here we go. Uh, as always, we're going back to the two question format. One for Pitt, one for SU. Uh, you, you you probably know these two guys: Kenny Pickett, Dan Marino. Uh, one current NFL quarterback that Pittsburgh did draft, one that they didn't for whatever reason, and probably paid for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which one holds the Pitt Panthers' career passing yards record?
1: Dan Marino. Dan Marino owns all the records in Pennsylvania. He's a Pennsylvania guy.
2: I have no reason not to think it's Dan Marino. Kenny Pickett did a lot, but yeah, why not?
1: Dan
3: Marino. Yeah, I'll go Marino. Marino.
1: Oh, so you guys could copy me now, That was P- 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 a one P- of two. P- pick another
2: choice. A a score, pick another choice, man. A score. There's, a, I think, there's how many <laughs> score combinations? Yeah, Mondo,
3: I don't know if that's exactly the same.
0: <laughs> well, well, guys, Dan Marino played four seasons at Pitt. He threw for eight thousand six hundred yards. Kenny Pickett played for five seasons at Pitt mm. and threw for over twelve thousand yards. Okay. okay. So uh, asterisk a- asterisk. A- oh, stop. Yeah. Stop. For the COVID <laughs> year? Yeah, asterisk. That's okay, a whole issue of okay, okay, football. Okay. Anyway. Uh, part, Syracuse. Let's part, hear it. Part two. So obviously Marino threw for exactly the specific, the specific number, 8,597 passing yards. Only two Syracuse quarterbacks ever have met that mark and surpassed it. Name both of them.
2: How, how many yards is it?
0: 8,597. These two quarterbacks threw for more yards than that. McNabb? No, what's that Ryan guy with the Giants?
1: Who was the quarterback played for the Giants? He, um, he played here? I thought he was a backup quarterback for Eli. Um, he played at Syracuse Yeah, now? yeah, yeah.
2: Who am I thinking of? Not Ryan Nassib, right?
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <sighs> I feel like
2: McPherson's got to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Don McPherson? Mm-hmm. Because he could run, too, but...
1: At- he to throw the ball pretty long.
2: All right, let's go around in a circle. Maybe hit two. So we have Ryan Nassib on the table. Don McPherson, Donovan McNabb.
3: I I would say those those last two would be Eric my Dungy. two. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. No. No. It's Dungey. no. It's not, not, not Dungy. Dungy. I'm Dungy. just
2: naming I'm just naming SU quarterbacks right now. Troy Nunes. Not Tommy. Not, not Tommy DeVito. Oh
3: Tommy yeah. <laughs> I think McPherson and McNabb. Should we go McPherson McNabb.
0: Yeah, I'll go with that.
2: Let's go with that. McPherson and McNabb. Final answer.
0: I love. I love it when you guys talk yourself out of the right answer. Um, Ryan Nassib was one of them. I no! told you. I told you. <laughs> he, he threw. Samantha from, gave me the look. That it no, it's not. You know, so she threw you me. You guys didn't see me. this. I changed the camera to myself, and I was going like I was giving the look like he's on to something here. He's on to something. <laughs> oh, here. that's funny. Ryan, Ryan, Ry- Ryan Nassib threw for just under 9,200 yards. How and about that? The leader in the clubhouse for SU passing yards is Eric Dungey. No, how could that be? What? McPherson and McNabb did not throw for more yards than Dan Marino in their college careers. That's a dub, y'all. I'm back. By the way,
2: Syracuse, number 22 in both polls. So still ranked. And you know why I think they're still at number 22 right there? NC State's number 21. Wake Forest is 20. They got destroyed
1: by Louisville. Yes, they did. That makes (laughs) our win
2: look a lot better. That makes Syracuse's win look a lot better. Louisville getting a vote in the AP. Notre Dame with 24 votes after that went over Syracuse. So that, to Mm. me, is more of the balancing act of why Syracuse stays top 25 because the Fighting Irish are starting to get that respect. So Marcus Freeman has a, a... They look good. End of the day, they just came in and and did what they needed to do. Um, But, hey, let's toss it over. We had Nico Tamarian in studio, uh, big-time mentor of mine. He was part of the Syracuse community and sports community for a a long time, um, more than 10 years at CMY Central with Channel 3 and Channel 5. He's now out in Seattle spending some time with the Seahawks, a little bit of everything. But at the end of the day, this man bleeds orange, and we had him in studio for a few minutes before he went to a wedding. So here's Nico. We're talking some SU today, and – the Syracuse football team, I mean, what is the, I know you've been, you've been across the country, but to be able to be, be a truly a fan now, what's that experience been
4: like? Yeah, no, it, it's like being a kid again. Like when I was a kid and would go up to the dome, although I'm just, you know, 3000 miles away from the dome. Um, it's been really special because those noon games, especially are around 9am Pacific. And that's a little after my soon to be one year old son, Dario wakes up. And so <laughs> I get him in the morning routine. I, I feed him, you know, change diapers, all that stuff. And then we settled on that couch and we watch SU. Now he's very, it's very fun to cuddle and like, you know, newborn and everything like that. So I will admit we did doze off a couple of times, even during the Clemson game, that's as great fair. as it was. Okay. But we were watching it and it's, and it's kind of, you know, it's special because otherwise I wouldn't have had that experience. I'd to be working. And, and, and that's certainly a great thing as you two know. But, um, yeah, it's also a, a really u- unique and different experience for me after all these years of being at those games. And, it, and it's special in its own way.
3: You said it takes you back to, you know, the times when you were a kid and being here in Syracuse. I want to know what you think that when this team does well, what that does for the surrounding community here.
4: Oh, it's unbelievable. And and you guys are seeing it right now. You know, I I remember when I was growing up, it was the McNabb era in the 90s for football specifically. And certainly basketball had a maybe uh, not maybe a definitely a much more sustained run. But yeah, there was something like the McNabb era. You just knew no matter the team, they'd go out and win. And the town was buzzing because what bowl game was it going to be? Not if, but what bowl game? Mm. And then recent times we saw it in 2018 here, and I was you know fortunate to cover that. But yeah, you know I, I said it to my brother who is still living in Syracuse and a fan, and he's got kids that are nine and six. I'm like, this is kind of like when we were growing up in the early 90s and mid 90s, and Syracuse was in the top 10 going to the Fiesta Bowl. And yeah, and I love this team. I, I it's just cool to be able to be a fan again. I love I love the makeup of this team. Hopefully they can get through some of these injuries we've seen lately. Um, but anybody who ever doubted, and this is the one thing I can say now from being on both sides, anybody who doubted what Dino's doing, maybe it was a bad season. And and, and it's, it's fans. Fan is short for fanatic, right? <laughs> and, and and you get upset after every game, and I get it. But anybody who doubted Dino for a second, this is why you don't doubt that guy. He is seriously, in my opinion, the best SU football could possibly do.
2: Thanks again for Nico for coming in. It was great talking with him. Um, but th- this is still a top 25 team at the end of the
4: day. It Final is. thoughts, guys. <laughs> We
1: still have the nation's respect. Um, the guys are still hungry. Mm-hmm. Six and two is not bad at all by no means. Uh, they still have a special season. You know, They have four more games ahead of them. Uh, they're still in reach of their goals if they want, and um, they got to get this W this week.
3: Listen, my final thought – I think that those losses almost hurt more once you get into the pattern of winning. But I would love to know how many people, if you asked them at the beginning of the season, if they said that eight games in Syracuse would be 6-2. and two. So just remember, it's a really good start. Hopefully we'll have an even better finish, but we'll see if the best is yet to come. Expectations were,
2: were a bowl game this year. They got to that in six wins. Now it's just time to keep climbing. And hopefully, send us to a warm bowl game because we are rooting for that. More wins means <laughs> yeah. better chance of we in Florida uh, or San Diego. I'll pass it. There's a few options there. But for the Orange Zone, James Mungro, Samantha Cross, and Brendan Hodges, I'm Tommy Slade. I thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be having new shows dropping every Wednesday. So pit happening this weekend. Um, we'll be down there. We'll be bringing you some highlights this weekend and, and recapping it. So make sure you're tuning in to CNY Central on YouTube um, for all of those. Thanks. Peace.
3: See ya. (laughs)